Welcome to the JMS Podcast with your host, Jorge M. Sanchez. Thank you for tuning in, folks, to the one and only podcast featuring me, Jorge Martin Sanchez, recording this in San Jose, California. We got a great episode. We got a returning guest. Before I tell you who that is, because he is truly special, let me remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast. Just get it over with, all right? Just get it over with. I know you've been listening to this for a while, or maybe this is your first time, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if it's worth subscribing, but let me tell you something. It truly is. So don't waste your time already. Pick up your keyboard, type in jmspodcast.com. Check out the website, and you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on the CastBox Android app, and on SoundCloud. You can also follow the JMS Podcast on social media. You can follow it on Facebook. We all got one of those, right? Instagram, we all definitely got those, right? Twitter, we shouldn't have those, but some of us have those. That's right, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow the JMS Podcast. You can see some pictures of the guests that were here. You can also go to the uh, podcast uh, website homepage and you can put in your email into the email list on the homepage. Tell you what, you want want to email me for any reason? You want to say, hello, Jorge? How's it going? Maybe there's some hate mail. Maybe you don't like me. That's okay. You can use jmspodcast at gmail.com. I hope you like me, though. Because that'll make me very sad if you didn't like me and you still went through the effort to email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. There you have it. There you have it. Uh, thank you for uh, for tuning in. We got a great episode. Uh, just a quick follow up for my surgery. It's been two weeks since I had my gallbladder removed and I'm feeling a lot better. I'm actually moving around. I actually could like, bend a little bit to the left and to the right. Um, the, the stomach doesn't feel as bloated anymore, so that's good. Can't complain. Went to my follow-up appointment, and good news is that the mass that was found in my gallbladder is benign, so no cancer, cancer-free. I am extremely lucky, and I got to say that um, it was definitely a learning experience for me. It's my first major surgery. Um, the only regrets I have during the whole process is that I let my sister use my, my debit card to purchase some soup. She goes, Jorge, let me help you out, brother. Uh, let me get some soup for you because you can only eat soup. It's like, all right. And then and then she goes out there, and I'm thinking she's, I don't know, hitting up CVS or hitting up Safeway, getting some, some of the Campbell soup or something like that. So some of the clam chowder good stuff. Say what you want about the, 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 the canned clam chowder. I love that stuff. Turns out she goes to Trader Joe's and gets me $80 worth of organic soup. And oh my God, going through surgery hurt, but seeing that she spent eighty dollars on my card for some organic soup, that just that just hurt me on a whole another level. So that being said, uh, come on, you 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 do not need to spend eighty dollars on organic soup. All right, just saying, I'm just saying. And uh, and so yeah, so so I had a good time. Had a good time on last Wednesday. I performed at Rooster Teeth Feathers. Had a great show, great crowd. I uh, had a rough start, you know. Um, my stomach was still a little stiff from surgery. Is it an excuse? Maybe. But my first opening jokes got nothing. Nothing. I was like, what? I had to step back and readjust. Kind of read the room a little bit more. And be like, are you guys for real? See... I fucked up. I kind of fucked up, right? Because when you do open mic so long, you kind of forget how it feels to actually perform at a comedy club. And and trust me, it's a whole different mental uh, head game when you're when you're getting ready to perform um, at, at a at a comedy club venue. And I think I went I went up there with too much nervous energy, maybe. And I thought the the way I could soften you know the energy is if I go for self deprecating. And they weren't biting. They're like, yeah, we know you're a piece of shit already. I don't know why you're making a joke about that stuff. Like, we, we know. So like, oh, okay. So they want the angry, angry com- comedy. Okay. So I went through that. And I think uh, it got a lot better. And I, I, I ended it fairly strong. But that being said, uh, I the whole night, I was just ruined by the first minute. You know, that's what it is. You can have a great set. But if there's a small part that doesn't work, it's like, oh, it eats you alive sometimes. 
But that being said, I loved I loved Cruiser T Feathers. It was a good time. A lot of great performers. Saw Kathy Klotz over there. She's a she's been here on the podcast and some other great people who supported supported uh oh, just just came out for comedy. I digged it. And you're thinking, well, Jorge, I do love comedy, especially stand up, but I don't really like paying for it. Well, I'll tell you what, I got something to tell you. You can come on down on Wednesday nights, every Wednesday, at Cafe Frascati in downtown San Jose, 315 South 1st Street. And right there, I am hosting on a weekly basis a comedy night. So stop on by, bring your friends. We got beer, coffee, uh, bagels, pastries, you name it. Wine, we got wine. You like, you, like, you like a little wine with your comedy? Well, come on out. Every Wednesday night at Cafe Frascati, comedy night. From 8 p.m. to 10. It's a good way to get ready for the weekend. So I'll see you there. All right. I think I plugged everything I needed to plug. Who's our guest today? Our, our guest today is the one and only Lawrence Dumouk. Man, th- I love this guy. This guy's amazing. He's such a friendly, friendly guy. Full of wisdom. And he is such a talented performer. If you've never seen Lawrence perform in, you know, in person, you, to- you should... Definitely go out of your way to do so. I think recently he performed at the San Jose Poetry Festival that happened at the um, Hollow Park. Is that? I don't know. History Park. History Park. There you go. And uh, But you can catch him around. He has his own open mic on on Wednesdays at Eastridge. And he talks about it on this podcast. But trust me, check out his poetry. It is amazing. The sky is amazing. His work's amazing. Amazing! If you go to the dictionary and you look look up the word amazing, there's a picture of little baby Lawrence Dumuk right there. All right, all right, that's my spiel. Let's get on with our episode. Here is my conversation with Lawrence Dumuk. All right, hopefully the sound outside dies down. Yeah, I talked to the construction guys. Like, how long are you guys gonna be here? I'm like, oh, an hour or so. I don't know. Which means like two hours. Two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I'm podcasting, man. Help me out. Help me out. They're like, what's that? <laughs> you know, I still get that reaction a lot. Uh, yeah, when some people tell me, you know, I, I you mean, heard of, I get you ever heard of NPR? What's that? No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I. I, I, I kind of stay away from telling people I podcast you know okay. not because I'm ashamed of it it's more like I don't know how to describe it yeah, yeah, yeah like oh you know it's like a radio station in the internet the best way I would guess would be like a, a talk show with no video talk show no <laughs> audio an audio talk show that's right Lawrence I'm happy you're back man I'm glad you're back it's, be it's back, been a while man. you were like the first poet I ever had on man, on the I podcast remember. yeah I was like and I haven't had a poet in a while actually you know think about it or so. maybe stand up Poet McGee, so, maybe? Uh, I don't know he was early on, too. Yeah, yeah. He was like in a episode 30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I kind of shied away from the poetry scene lately. I, I, I got busy. I got busy. No worries, uh, I, I passed by Thursday night for Scotty, the, the poetry night they have there. And, man, I'm always amazed how tight-knit and how much people come out for poetry in yeah, San Jose. Yeah. Well, people come out It's for a poetry it. town, isn't it? Well, you know, it's uh, uh, anything Mike McGee does, people are going to be supportive. Yeah. So like whatever he touches, that's what's dope. But the good thing about like supporting someone like M- Mike McGee is like it's worth supporting. You go there and like okay, I get what you're trying to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the moment there's a reason why to get through the door just by him alone. That's, uh-huh. that's always a good. He's, he's worth the ticket. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, since you've been here, a lot has changed, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you graduated. Congratulations. That's right. I was still going to. <laughs> I was still at SJC, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's been a trip, it's definitely. But I know that you started your own mic. Yeah, man. In Eastridge. I know that's quite a trip, man. So it started off with the Barnes and Noble. Uh, so it was an Eastridge open mic originally. It was just literature and a Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Uh, so before that Barnes and Noble closed down, Eastridge approached me and sort of like, uh, we want you to do a, like a showcase in like December. I'm like, let's just do open mic. Yeah. Then, so why did you decide to do an open mic and not a showcase? Um, it just felt right. Eastside doesn't have too many open mics. Yeah. There are there are starting to develop, develop some, but I think like um, having 
because one, there's no longer there was no longer a Barnes and Noble to have an open mic, mm-hmm. so having an open mic even more broader. Whereas like now musicians and whoever dancers had a couple of dancers featured this year, which is nice. Okay. Um, so this is a, a general open mic. Yeah, it's a general open mic, man. Okay. Wow. Okay. In the mall. In the mall. So okay. like before, it was under the escalator. We just recently moved to the side of the escalator. Yeah. <laughs> so, How, how's been the feedback so far from the people shopping? So, um, in terms of like, it's quite a trip because you have your initial audience. So people are there who are sitting down, mm-hmm. and then you have, and then you have your um, people on the balcony or the second floor, and some people just like looking out of curiosity. Yeah. And sometimes like, um, what's Sometimes a challenge. I don't tell everyone this, but like I always pay attention to like how long you can keep people in the balcony for, yeah. or how long you get the people. But like, it's a little to tough stop. in the mall, though, right? They, they got to keep moving at some point. Yeah. Well, like musicians have a good like if you're a good musician and they stop, they'll stop. Like yeah. people stop for live music, not so much for uh, poetry, which is okay, understandable, or comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, musicians people... have it too good, don't they, Lawrence? Too good. <laughs> Well, that's how it works, though. But, you know, it's a. I think comedy and poetry are the sitting thing. You got to sit and listen. You got to be kind of conscious, oh, in a sense. You got to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're just doing, like, some really bizarre type of comedy or you're really out there dramatically with your poetry. Sure, yeah. Most of the time, it's just like, okay, I got to. <laughs> you're I gotta tuning really out. Sit, I got to really sit there and, like, uh, yeah. I got to go shop. Yeah. <laughs> No, so it seems like it, so far people are, are you know paying attention in some way. Some people are passing by. And it, what are the surrounding stores? So, like, do, do you so know? I'm right next to J.C. Penney, yeah. right behind a post office, in front of a furniture store, right next to a, a jewelry store. Above me is a Cinnabon, and the side of it is see. Uh, that's the key, man. Cinnabon. <laughs> There's always going to be people there, right? Yeah. So like, I don't know how well because I can't see from the back, like. Because Cinnabon, you have to look down that way. Yeah. But now that we're in the side of the escalator, there's more visibility that way. Before, yeah. when you're under the escalator, you can't really see from Cinnabon. Right. So, yeah. But the better question for me is, how far is it from the food court? Uh, so it's the other side of the mall. Oh, uh, man. Well, we could, you know, food court, you can sit down with your food. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, but good thing is, you won't have nothing thrown at you too many things. Don't think they'll get thrown it's by a sticky bun or, <laughs> or, or a pretzel. <laughs> you ever had anything thrown at you? No, I hope not. Anytime, wait. Yeah. Maybe oh, a pencil. A pencil? Maybe, oh, no, no, no. Like as a writer, admiration. You're like, oh, what? What are you talking about? I like a smaller like open mic. Like if, if they admire your work, to throw a pencil at you? Not all the time, but it's mostly like in a smaller gathering or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the dancers. Dancers are like we're like a circle of dancers. You'll see them throw shoes as like an admiration. I've never seen that before. That's crazy. There's some videos like that, but not too many. I don't think they do it too much here. But yeah. Wow. Wow. So you have dancers in your open mic. How's that like? I mean, for me, you know, just dealing with comedy, running a comedy open mic in general, mm-hmm. is already tough enough. So I can only mm-hmm. imagine having a general open mic on top of that of dancers, because that's a lot of setup to to be involved, yeah. right? Yeah. So being in the mall, it's pretty much I. I pushed for that, actually. I wanted to have dancers because I wanted to open up the mic even more or to open the space because it's called open space. Mm. And as such, I'm like, I called it open space as opposed to open mic because I wanted to have eventually dancers and everyone else in. Um, had a So the dancers have been relatively really flexible. They've been wonderful. They've been received well. Um, yeah. You have your modern, contemporary... But you also have like you know the dancer of peace, and then oh yeah, yeah, uh, Camila, I want to say Kalela, yeah. Kalela, sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. sorry, yeah, 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 and then um, she did a wonderful job, and like the dancers, the dancers just give a different vibe, you know, just like it's just like any other artist. They're like, okay, there's your art, and mm. there you are. Um, I had a couple of people sign up to do a dance, not often, but it's nice. Yeah. It's open for it. So I was like, it's cool. Like, oh, I remember I just recently had the first person sign up to dance. When was it? Uh, the beginning of the summer. I was like, what? Yeah, finally. I've been waiting for this moment. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I always had that option, other. Other? <laughs> Any break dancing? 
No, no breakers. I've been trying to get some. It some is, uh, some B boys in there. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm hopefully. Hopefully. What's the east side, man? I'm sure you got some old school cats over there. Well, it's also like uh, I know Wednesdays. There's uh, there's like a um, community center that has like that caters ready to like break dancers during Wednesdays. Really? So I've been trying to get them. I'm like, oh, let me know. We'll try. To, I'm still trying to work it. Hopefully, it'll happen next year for sure. But, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully later on get like uh, some folklorical or some like uh oh man you yeah. want for that culturally traditional stuff yeah that's what that was the whole thing I you know was, I, I was in folklorical dancer when I was a kid wow man it was so so embarrassing <laughs> I was pretty bad at it but you're a kid yeah I was a kid yeah then it was also some astic dancing too yeah, right yeah, I'm sure you had some of that right you yeah. see you seen some of that right yeah so here I was like you know with a, with a I was getting chubby at the time with like a little thong on and yeah. dancing the astic drums and stuff like that yeah so it was fun I guess. But that's, that's what's up, though. You, like, you remember it, and then, like, you had a connection with it. That's what's dope. And maybe not the maybe, best connection. Maybe, I don't know. But yeah. yeah, connection. I guess culturally, heritage I don't, It's weird, right? Yeah. I, I still don't understand. Like, as Latinos, like, do, do, are the Aztecs my culture? I don't know. I, yeah. I got a lot of Spanish blood on me. I don't know. Well, we'll see. It's like, um, it's all how you want to um, tribe yourself sometimes, you know? Yeah, tribe Where, yourself. And like, uh, but is that always a good thing or a bad thing? What do you think about that? In terms of that, it depends on like uh, you can't hold tradition just for the sake of tradition. Sometimes, yeah. In terms of like a tradition, you got to remember like tradition comes with a certain intention, and if those intentions are no longer in that tradition, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. It's like, why are we doing this? The intention is no longer there. It does. It and in fact, it might be even more harming if we continue this way. Right. So, like, if your intention is to do harm and all that stuff, then we, sometimes tradition does right. that. It doesn't appear like tradition could be very oppressive. Right. Um, but in like when you develop a culture, when you the culture is developed and has like great intentions, and but the intentions are also met with the action and the 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 outcome of it. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's something just like wonderful to watch. It's like, okay, yeah. I get it. It's just like a moment like you know, you don't have to be religious to understand like, oh, um being present. Being present is a dope thing. Yeah. You know, like sometimes it's like, oh, it's nice to just sit with yourself, you know? Um cuz like some of like some of my friends are like some of my atheist homies are like, "Oh, I understand it." Like in terms of like um um, certain cultures and rituals is there is there to like um, at least like in terms of your own spirituality you know spir- sure. you could be atheist and spiritual which I like that was one of the most mind boggling things to understand mm-hmm. is like to see uh, my friend break that down he's like yo it's not one or the other <laughs> well in, so- in some ways it's a form of meditation yeah yeah the, the idea of spiritual ritual stuff mm-hmm you know, either either it's prayer or either it's you know certain just certain stuff you do with with the community, mm-hmm. uh, certain uh, you know reenactments. It's a sort it's a sort of of, uh, of meditation really in yeah. some ways, right? Yeah. And go and go back to your 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 idea of the of the tradition having intentions behind it. I think that's a great concept mm-hmm. to kind of explore in some ways because it, 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 the way it manifests itself negatively, it's like oh well, traditionally we've been shitty to this people. Yeah. But since it's tradition, it's keep it that way. It's like, well, yeah. your tensions are not well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or or, or, or or traditionally, it's us versus them in some way. And that's where you have to you have to check with your values. If your tradition lies with your values. Like in a lot of people, I'm like, yo, is your core value to be a loving human being? Mm. Then being kind of a jerk is kind of like... You shouldn't. You should be be against being a jerk and like being oppressive. <laughs> you would hope so. You would hope that like that's the converse That would that should be. That should that should like um, that should rule over something else. Yeah. Like if you if the core value is like oh, how can I connect? How can I um be a loving human being? How can I be compassionate? Then you have to like assess like are my actions doing that. Mm-hmm. Are they producing that, or are they just like, um, or am I not getting that at all? Like, yeah, yeah. It, and then there's some that would feel like they're doing good 
in this for the sake of their own community, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's at a cost of you know harming another community. Right. So it's just it just gets complicated, right? It's, it's just like uh, in some ways like creative stuff. Everything subje- values can be subjective to some people. Yeah, yeah. And that what what always helps me in terms of how I live my life, um, I'm always going to be looking at um, who's the most oppressed out of a certain action, mm-hmm. and I'm like if they're if they're oppressed who's getting the short end of the stick who's getting the short end of the stick and then like um, and that really helps me analyze a lot of things like the first time I hear about any situation I'm always looking who the victim first Mm. you like in that and like why aren't they why aren't they talking why aren't they speaking and then assess it from there and it's like um, because sometimes even our inaction the actions we don't do prohibit a type of oppression Hmm. Can you emphasize on that? Um, just like us being, let's say us being male, mm-hmm. if we don't talk about certain things, um, that's kind of oppressive, you know. But us not like talk, what kind of things we talk like, about. Like let's say like, like if we don't talk about like rape culture, if we don't talk about um the oppression of women, we don't talk about um even though I'm not black. Yeah. Not talking about the oppression of of black folks. Well, the worst thing about that is the the idea of denying it. Yeah, is not just acknowledging it, but acknowledging and be like, no, I'm gonna deny it. Yeah, I'm aware it's there, but I'm gonna put, you know, uh, uh, like I'm gonna intentionally deny this thing even exists. Mm. And I think that that definitely adds on to a certain amount of, of oppression yeah. to the to the minority group. Yeah, man. I mean, um, being trained to be silent is such like when you see like how it's done and it's done so well like being now we say trained by silence do you feel like it's people their upbringing you know like people, like you're growing up being told to hey you know stay out of people's business kind of stuff a lot of, a lot of times like being being a person of color like whenever we succeed you just, uh, like sometimes we're supposed to be like really super grateful of everything right yeah. but a lot of times some people like work hard to get where they're at yeah and then like it's like um we don't always have to come with humility, to be honest. Yeah. I understand humility. Like, I practice humility in, like, in every type of practice, whatever. But I don't I don't expect everyone to act with humility. And especially if they are, they're in that right. They're like, yo, you did good work. Let me acknowledge you for that. I don't, I don't yeah. need you to come th- with that with humility. Uh-huh. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll also shine with you. Like, yeah. yo, be about it. Well, like, I think the best idea is to, if you succeed, it's also to bring people with you. Yeah. You know is that ownership like if right. uh, I'm for me personally I own like my community owns me as much as I own them yeah and so it's like a very symbiotic relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a, an accountability on both ends you know um, having that accountability allows me to go like okay um, me not speaking up is hurting my friend yeah uh, hurting the people I love mm-hmm. or hurt, hurting people I want to know in the future in that sense yeah yeah also you know in some ways you are a community leader by having an open mic running an open mic mm-hmm. creating the space for people to express themselves there also comes responsibility right yeah. for, for your own actions Which as, is tough. as a person you know of influence that, that's something I, I learned the hard way yeah you know when I was running for Scotty comedy open mic I, I want to say maybe after a year in I got burned out and I, I was being a bit of, of an asshole Mm. You know, for the sake of, you know, to, to new comedians or just in general. Because, you know, at the time, I, I, I was not aware that I had to, to the responsibilities I had to the mic, to the community, to the, to the comedy community. And it wasn't until, like, much later I was like, realized, like, you know what, I, it's not about me. It, it kind of made sense because, you know, when you first start, because I started running a mic too early, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I was trying to do two things. One is my own growth. Which in comedy can be competitive, mm. and the growth of this mic that is part of the community. Mm. You know, it's better to do these mics much later in life where you're much subtle to who you are. Yeah. But me, I was still beginning, so I, w- I, w- I was kind of not distinguishing those things when I was running the mic. So in some ways, I, 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 I was. Uh, I was not being very responsible with it in, in the source of leadership. Mm. Now it's different. Now it's like I realize, like you know what, it, it's not about me. 
it's about the comedian, it's about the community, it's about the audience. Yeah, yeah. So once you realize you have to kill that, 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 that selfish of like, I want to get ahead creatively, uh, it opens up uh, much better relationships, much better feelings of your own performance, much better. In general, it just feels a lot better when you make an effort to help others as yeah. opposed to help yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, was I preaching too long? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the no. point I'm trying to make, though, I mean, that's just my example, my story, but, you know, I think that's something some, I'm not sure, I, I think they're aware of it. People who who run, you know, shows or run mics, I'm sure Mighty Mama McGee yeah. and other great people, it, there comes responsibility with that role. Yeah, you and th- I, I always, like, I'm always pushing for folks to have, like, um, I always think there should be more hosts, to be honest like a more diversity of hosts and like yeah and i think what the thing about hosting no i had to learn also you know hosting you have that responsibility for the people Mm -hmm. um and so you're also developing this experience as a host as a curator and host you're developing an experience and what that experience you know really relies on you and how you're gonna how you're gonna dictate it or how you're gonna uh cultivate it you know um i'm these last couple of years or just last year I've been pushing more away from safe space and more into brave space meaning like okay mm. how can we be brave how can we be brave how can we have much needed dialogue you know why do you I, feel there's a, di- a distinction between a safe space and a brave space um in terms of space I have no problem with safe space there's a need for it mm. um but in terms of like how do we engage and how do we grow? There's some bravery that is needed. There's some uncertainty that we need to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, safe, yeah, we understand the comfort and we're there. And there's also a sense of understanding, right? Um, brave face allows to open up into like, okay, what don't I understand? What am I ignorant of? Or what are we not seeing? What is the picture what is the picture that's not being painted, or what are we not who what we're not hearing? Mm-hmm. What aren't we hearing? So, d- does a brave space require some sort of challenging of you know somebody's uh, uh, bubble? I guess in some ways. Yeah, of course you want to challenge people's bubbles and everything, and 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 in, in, in a in a healthy fashion, not for the sake of. Yeah, yeah. It's like I am not gonna like um, I'm not gonna uh, be rude for the sake of being rude. I'll be disruptive, in terms of like oh no. This is not right. This is unjust. This, um, you know, like not be afraid to talk about why it's unjust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think what gets one of the uh, troubling things about hosting is gray areas. What do you mean? For me personally, yeah. like gray areas, I'm still learning how to navigate the gray areas. Meaning like, okay, you're not full on racist. You're not full on sexist. <laughs> But you are making a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, I'm surprised to hear that from you. I mean, in comedy, I get that. But yeah. in poetry? Yeah, man. I, 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 like, um, I had it when I was in uh, Barnes & Noble. This yeah. one lady, I messed up in terms of, like, uh, I didn't do right. But you have to learn from your mistakes a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, um, this lady was doing her poem. And she was comparing being a white woman at night to being black and like I didn't understand it at first because I thought she was just talking about nighttime. Right. <laughs> and then it yeah. took me until like three fourths of the poem to figure out oh no. She's comparing herself to being a black person. Yeah, yeah. And I was like I saw the audience and then I was like oh man. And like I had a process with that with friends and I think I, I've learned now like in those kind of situations as a host you just kind of have to stop. Stop the mic address mm-hmm. the audience because huh. you're experiencing like you have to address with the audience and go like hey if everyone wants this poem to continue on we're good but if anyone feels that we should stop yeah i'm good and then we could process it later <laughs> all together <laughs> um, i mean like I'm learn- <laughs> yeah i'm learning that now i, I didn't yeah. know that because you know when you're a host yeah. you like if you never learn how to be a host, you don't learn right. things like that. Right. You gotta learn on the on the go. Yeah. So I had to learn that situation, and I was like, okay, um, yeah, and that took me off guard because I was not expecting it. And then like right. when you figure out like, oh no, we're here. What do we do now? And I, 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 I just froze. Oh, sometimes I, you gotta take uh, judicial action. You know, yeah, yeah. And be like, all right, it's, it's what's going on here. 
Yeah. I, I mean, in comedy, when I deal with that, it's a little, little different, maybe. A little different. Yeah. Uh, well, for one, for something like that, if somebody's obviously not, you know, is definitely putting a, more negative stuff than funny stuff, then I'll mm-hmm. talk, to, I'll pull them to the side and be like, hey, you know. Yeah. I, just to see if they're ignorant of what's happening or just to know, like, if, the, if it's intentional or not. Because sometimes it's not. Sometimes they're just, you know, that's how they feel and they, they don't really understand, you know, the the true scope of what they're implying. So it's, yeah. it's more like, hey, you know, look into the stuff a little more before you do that stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, but uh, to, to stop a performance, man, yeah, that takes balls, man. <laughs> that definitely takes balls on your part. Yeah, man. So, like, uh, it's, it's it's a learning process. And I think it, it helps when you talk to other hosts. And I think like um, I've been pushing for like host workshops in San Jose. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get like Mike McGee set up with something like that, where it's just like training future hosts, man. Well, you know, the more hosts you have, the more people would want to create spaces for perform. I think I think it's a by. Well, what I'm trying to say here, what I'm trying to say here is the more hosts, the more open mics there will be, which mm-hmm. is always really good. Yeah. Because I think the, the fact that you're. As far as I know, you have the only real general open mic in the east side. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an area where there's a lot of creative people, and yet they don't have, you know, that space. A lot of, a lot of open mics are in downtown, or, right, downtown? Mm-hmm. Does this sound right? Yeah. Sound right? Sound right. Like, so, yeah. And for me, it's the same way I think about comedy. It's like, man, I should, and that's nothing I'm working on, is trying to encourage more comedians to start their own comedy open mics. Yeah. And not just, you know, keep it in one, you know, contained area. It's like, we spread out. You know, because yeah. San Jose, it's a big town. Or just South Bay in general, it's a big town. We should try to get comedy in, like, you should not probably inside the mall mall. Like, you should probably, mm-hmm. like, do, like, where uh, you're, uh, they're allowed to go. You don't want to taint your mic with it with comedy. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> there's, there's space. Like, I just can't. You're I opening just, up Pandora's box. I can't do, I can't do profanity just because, like, it's an open space. And, yeah. like, it's exactly in the mall. But there's spaces in the mall where it's more enclosed and, like, it's open to that. Well, you know, they did comedy at the Great Mall at uh, Dave & Buster's. Yeah, but it's in there. See, yeah. that's what I meant. You need some place yeah. like that that's kind of a little more on the confine. Yeah. And then you're set, and it should be open. Interesting. There, why, why not? Mm. You know. I wouldn't bring back a subject because it, it stuck with me that we were talking about it. It's this idea of values and the idea of community building that we touched upon, you know, briefly. Now, I was going to ask you, it's a, it's a way out there question, but do you feel like we're evolving to be nicer people, or do you think we've always have been? I think because you know cause we, because I always always pay attention to like how yeah. we are raising the youth, and like sometimes we get mad at the mirror that reflects a little bit, right? It's like you know how sometimes we think about our youth, and sometimes we complain, oh, manilliums or whatever and stuff like that, right? But we look at them; some of them are the most compassionate mofo's I know. Mm-hmm. Some of these young folks are the most inclusive people I know. To like in terms of like they get it. They get like what why it's important to be inclusive of many folks, why it's important to be compassionate. Yeah. They might not have like sometimes they might not have like that, that nitty gritty that like some of us were had to have. Had mm. to have. Mm. <laughs> so there's a luxury in terms of like that, in terms of um the evolution of that community. But there's also it comes with its challenges. It's like how do you like for some of them they don't know how to disengage socially sometimes. Like, for us, we understand, like, how sometimes it, what it means to be by yourself for a while and be settled with that, right? But I think, like... Well, so solitude scares a lot of people. It scares a lot of two, but we know, we understand, like, oh, it's a thing. Yeah. Where, uh, like, but when you're connected, like, so much, like, I think younger folks are connected on, like, a 24-7 basis. That's, that's a, right. That's a quiet... On the phones uh, and shit. Yeah, 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 it's quite challenging, man. We're not so alone after all. Yeah. We're on social media. Yeah. Isn't that weird, though? It we're is. the most connected. Right now, we're the most connected ever in the hu- history of human. Mm-hmm. Yet, a lot of us still feel a little lonely about that. Well, how do we? How do you translate that over? I mean, like, um, for me, the way I handle my social media is not different than how I handle myself in person. I would hope so. Mm. It's like, how, I, how am I connecting? And so it just becomes that it allows to connect in that way. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. He's still that same person. Maybe you get more limited because it's social media. And like, you'll look at, I only want to be on it for so long. <laughs> well, the, the question is, how, to what extent do you allow your social media to be an extension of your personality? 
You know, like, are you, are you going to put everything out there about yourself? Or are you going to put certain opinions about you that you have? Or is it just a strictly, uh, you know, marketing tool? I'm not, it's not there just to be an echo chamber. I don't need people, like, to always say, like, oh, yes, 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 yes. It's also there to also challenge. You know, like, I'm always going to, I'm always going to, uh, when I can, mm-hmm. and when I have, when I feel very strongly about it, like, okay, yeah. This is what's up. I'm open for dialogue. Yeah. I never do dialogue like on a comment section. Forget that noise. Let's do that in person. <laughs> let's talk in person. Like I'm like, yo, I'm all. You want to talk? Let's just talk, man. Like let's not yeah. do this online because like I'm all. Um, I need I need to like I need to actually see that make that eye contact. I need to have. Me personally, I need that. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't. I'm not gonna read your your thing and like. I could do that with poetry. I don't need to do that with a comic section. Mm-hmm. I don't need to analyze. Oh, what did you mean by this? Why did you use all 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 caps? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand half the emojis you put with your with your. <laughs> yeah, like comic. oh, let's just let's just let's just talk. And I think that's like um, maybe maybe sometimes that's missing. Sometimes it's like uh, how many of us actually talk to young folks? How many actually go like oh like. Well, like, why I see this? Like, how many of us actually said to them, like, "Hey, I see this action as very jerk-like," <laughs> or they go like, "Nah, I'm trying to do this." I'm like, "Okay, that makes sense now. Now that I understand." Or maybe it's just like, "Oh, that's right. No one ever told me that was like a jerk move to do." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's interesting how, how you're you're really looking into the to the younger generations because, in some ways, it's. Isn't it part of kind of just growing up doing jerkish moves to learn from them? Yeah, of you know course. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But it's also like we don't know it's a jerk move until someone told us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So or, that's or, that, that's or, important. Or, of or like, seeing the consequences of yeah. what you've done. Yeah, you know, because like I, I think that totally shaped me. I've, I've been so I've, I've done some shitty stuff to people. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until I had to do it and realize how bad it was seeing them and that's and like I was like, this doesn't feel good. This is not me. Yeah. But I don't think I would have learned that lesson if you know if, if I heard someone else tell me uh, that oh th- if you do that that's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. I probably you know being young and stupid I'd be like oh I'm still gonna go do it you know. And I think what's happening a lot with a lot of people these days right? There's a lot of empathy fatigue. If you're not dealing with empathy a lot, mm-hmm. you get fa- you would get fatigue quite quickly, like in terms of like oh. Oh, there's so many people to care for. Damn it! <laughs> just like you're gonna shut down, mm. you're gonna shut off, and like I can't do it. I just gotta take care of myself. You know, the good example that I go through was uh when I go to CVS. I'm like, hey, you want to donate to someone? Or if you go to Panda, yeah. It's like, uh, I, I don't. I feel so shitty saying no. You know, but every time I go, it's like, oh, they pull that card on me. It's like, oh, you're not donating with your me. You're here getting your meal, but you can't donate a dollar <laughs> to help a child. Here's, here's your food, fucker. Like, oh, yo, it. man, but you have also that power to go like, yo, I'm going to donate this dollar exactly to my community and mm-hmm. see that children and stuff like that. I don't feel bad in, in a commercial setting like that. Okay. You can't, you can't, you can't get me there. <laughs> you can't get me there in terms of like, don't get me wrong. If I'm in grocery outlet, because grocery outlet is like owned independently yeah. by owners, I'm like, cool, all right. I know this one's a little thing because I know where your product is. I'm buying you guys a product. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so cool. So it's like, and so it's like that, but like most times, like commercial, commercial like uh, donations and terms like that, I don't feel bad. Mm. You want to um, just say no. Just like, yo, man. <laughs> Just say, just if you if, if you have it, go ahead and like you feel like it's it, you understand like how your money is being used and when you donate it and like by all means go ahead mm-hmm. and do so. Do your like, um, this is, I think we should be conscious on like where our donation go, you know, and that's why like, uh, that's not like our taxes where we don't know where it's gonna go. <laughs> then we're like, oh, might end up in the bomb. It's one of the <laughs> yeah, man, I know. But uh, as far as poetry, how how you been? Uh, I know you've been writing quite a lot. You've been working on a couple projects. I've seen you post a couple things on on Facebook. Yeah, I'm doing like I'm doing Inktober this month. What is that? So it's like where you draw each day to like a prompt. Uh, there are different prompts or whatever and stuff like that. But I'm like, you know, um, I've been like allowing myself to like draw miserably, which I love. I draw like a child, and I I'm cool with that. Yeah. 
and then like I understand I don't know nothing too much about shading and contrast and all that stuff but um I'm reminding I'm reminding myself like okay yo there's you could do art and not like have to always be dope at it <laughs> there's two exp- two stuff that you know I would love to get to more but I'm most insecure about and one is poetry and the other one's art mm-hmm. it's like I don't know like like performance wise I'm all cool with comedy and music and all that jazz but when it comes to poetry and art it, it for me it's like I, I don't know I can't do it uh, well, there's, there's too much technique involved here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, especially with art, right? You, yeah, yeah. Well, like, um, in terms in terms of like the how I view art, if art at the very core, you're always trying to communicate. You're always trying to have this conversation. Um, I admit, is not the most like the most eloquent conversation with the way I draw, but that conversation is there. Or just at least like at least like an imaginative or the playfulness, it's it's there. What I'm trying to say is there. So like um and then like but also as consumers of art, you know, that your palette's high. You probably have like you probably seen like great fine art and then like to compare to compare trying to fine art doesn't make sense. Mm. You wanna compare it in terms once again, we'll hit it. Like, are we? What is my intention behind drawing? For me, my intentions behind drawing is like, oh, I just want to. Uh, one thing is have fun, which is it's nice to have an art and have fun. Because I know people that do poetry, and for them, it's fun. And I'm like, cool. I don't have that too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, like sometimes poetry is a little more serious than it should be. But like, I sometimes have to return back to that. So it's nice to return to things that like, oh. I don't know. I don't have. I don't have control over the 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 actual outcome, but yet I'm gonna have the process. I want to be present for the process. Mm-hmm. So I was like, like yeah. In terms of poetry, um, my my whole thing with that is like it's like any other art, man. You gotta fail with it, and I'm like I fail miserably with, like with any art, like. Lawrence, I don't like this talk. You don't fail. You're an amazing person. You're a great performer. But see, that's I I gone to that that point where I wanted I wanted to get there. Like I remember being in a ceramics class, and then you see like the people that've been there for a couple of years, and you see their mistakes. No, you see them like make a mistake, and you're like, dude, that's hella dope. And they go on and just like throw it back into the throw pile, yeah. and you're like, and it clicked me right there. It was like, oh, I want to get to that point where your mistakes, it's just like you could, no, that's, it's like you want to be so in tune with your art and to that point where it's like, okay, nah, man, I could do better. You can always do better. And you always want to, like, um, doing better means that you, I could communicate this better. I could, I could, I could, I could, um, say it better. I could, like, um, reach people better. If I, mm-hmm. um, how can I make it more accessible? Like, how can people, like, oh, I get it. I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> mm. That's the thing with art, man. Well, the great thing about you, Lawrence, is that you're so prolific. You're, you're always working on new stuff. You're always working on stuff. And sometimes you have a thematic element to, like, a series of, of, of poems and mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. How, how do you wrap your, your head around that of, like, okay, I'm going to tackle this theme. Okay. It's do, you, kind of, do you have an idea like how many poems you want to write about it? How long those poems or? I never know like in terms of like that that kind of sense or like how long it's gonna take me or whatever. Uh, but I know in terms the way I the way I always equivalent it to is like in terms of you ever see like surfers who are waiting for that wave. They're like I'm just gonna wait for this wave. Yeah. Uh, but before that wave even comes, they're doing these practice and like imagining like oh cool, I'm going to be present with these small ones and, like, thing. So it's, like, to always constantly work on your technique. So when the wave comes, the wave comes. You're going to honor it and then, like, go with it? Or you're just going to say, like, nah, cool, I'm going to step back. You know? What if the wave wipes you out? <laughs> then it wipes you out. <laughs> and you figure out, like, yo, man, I... I don't. I always. I. I don't always post stuff like because I didn't finish the poem. I have poems I didn't finish where I got like chin checked. It's like whoa, I'm not able to write about this yet. Mm. You know. Um, also, wait, t- what do you mean by that? 
Like there's a subject you felt like you, you that there's be... sometimes be a subject and there's sometimes like oh this poem I didn't know I had to deal with like life things in order to write a poem like my art I always for me personally my art is only as good as I'm gonna be mm. so in order for me to write certain things I gotta like work on certain things so like oh um, so like if I'm writing about something traumatic I gotta like figure out like okay how like what is what is that what is what is it actually I'm trying to talk about sometimes it's like um sometimes it's like sometimes we can't always head on it face on sometimes mm-hmm. you got to break into it so it's like sometimes we build such a fortress on certain certain subjects that the only way to get through is you got to be a ninja about it and sneak in there and it's like okay boom I mean like um that's the power of like perception sometimes it's like okay it's the front door is a, is a fortress yeah there's nothing in there's like a screen door in the back let's just go through there <laughs> is there is there any subjects that you stay away from um I don't know about staying away from but probably just probably haven't talked about it yet or mm-hmm. whatever Sorry. either probably due to like lack of experience or just like um I never I never felt a need to write about it yet Sorry, it's the headphones. Yeah, yeah. The audio recording's fine. It's just the headphones. Cool. Always. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm asking because I worry about this stuff sometimes. You know, whether whether especially from I'm a creative writer, more like you know screen uh, screenplays and, and and whatever. But the the, the idea, especially now, the way sometimes um, the the internet enforces of who could talk about what, who could write about what. And to a certain point, I kind of agree, but then when it comes to creative stuff, well, that's where I'm like, okay, now we're kind of, this is a sl- slippery slope now, in some ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I, I love writing mythology currently right now. Mythology? Yeah. Mm. I'll just write about, like, I'm writing about, I'm just writing about animals. But, like, you put so much, I think it's also, like, slightly a cover of, like, allowing to put so much human compassion into it and such like when you're like I see like whenever I see an isolated animal or hear about like an isolated like a baleen well that never like has a, the wrong frequency compared to other baleen wells so it's like how does it communicate mm-hmm. it quite does it you're like oh my gosh I gotta write about you <laughs> so you're, you're creating myths about them or is it yeah. more you're taking so, myths already exist about them I'm not just creating myths about them like I'm just trying oh. to figure them out in terms of but like um that's like it's 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 like I'll figure out the understanding later I just want to write about it and like in terms of like you call it just writing fiction or whatever but either way there's a realness to it still you mm. know fiction is not is never ever too far from the actuality of life <laughs> well you know they say you know sometimes uh, real life is stranger than fiction yeah well how do you go about creating a myth how, how does that work well most myths are just for me it's more it's more animals it's just like i see these animals man and you're like and then like or i just see like you read something about nature like oh my gosh like how all of a sudden you learn that blue doesn't really exist but blue is more in nature is not actually uh is not no animal really produces a blue pigment what do you mean like it's mostly uh, refraction a refraction of light that creates that blue so it's like like a blue jay yeah, yeah, they're not really blue in terms of like their feathers are blue. Uh-huh. It's just they're, the way the light bends at us. Their feathers are set up for okay. a thing. So it's like those kind of things. It's just like, oh, that allow you to go like the reality is still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the reality is, but how we how that reality exists is completely different. So what colors do exist in nature? Is it all just brown and green? and All, all colors exist. You uh-huh. know, it's just also like... um. But in terms of what we're talking about, like, pure pigment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is the pigment of a color and stuff like that. Um, I think there was, like, one or two animals that actually had or plants that had blue. Mm. Everything else is just a refraction of blue. Interesting. I'm so... We so got a side trail. That's so <laughs> Well, I dig it, man. I dig it. You know, the the, the, the illusion yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of, a, of a pigmentation. Yeah, but, like, yeah, man. Like, in terms of nature. I mean, I mean, and like, then, like, that, yeah. that's, like, that's how that kind of writing kind of works. I mean, I remember just, like, you get fascinated. For me, that curiosity 
Yeah. That childlike wonder. I mean, that's what keeps me so alive in terms of like a terms of alive in terms of art. Being able to produce is because I'm still so damn curious. I'm still I still I still like don't understand it. You know, and and like you know, like someone could completely explain it like, "Oh, what about this?" There's always that other question. <laughs> mm. Go going back to the idea of the animals and and kind of having refracted uh, colors in them. Do you think that that applies to human beings in some way? Well, like no, I'm not saying like oh skin color. I'm just saying like you know the idea of yeah, yeah like of how how we perceive ourselves. Yeah, There's like oh like oh your strength is like most of the strength that I see is mostly this refraction of different light that allowed you to just like um doesn't mean that you aren't still strong it was mm. just like a different strength than I understood <laughs> interesting kind of deal like, you know, like if somebody looks like they're always joyous all the time mm-hmm. like oh man he comes off as you know very social mm-hmm. but then like you kind of dig in like oh no this guy's this guy's broken inside but it's still joyous they could be mm-hmm. like I think like we always sometimes want to compartmentalize and always think that like oh happy is only with happy or whatever but we allow we could say like oh we could be simultaneously everything you know I've been, I've been philosophizing about happiness lately mm-hmm. and you know I, I, I and, and feel free to disagree because yeah. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm still working it out and the idea is that I feel happiness I think is, is misunderstood culturally mm-hmm. in some ways I feel happiness is just a byproduct well yeah of course like you know the state of happiness I don't think that really exists nor should it be strived for I, sure. I, I, I feel I feel happiness is a byproduct of fulfillment of productivity of uh, of, 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 of just the state of, of a mood you're in you know like um, because ha- the, the idea of happiness times where I feel really happy it's like well, am I happy because I'm happy no I'm happy because I just completed something I'm happy because I just met somebody I'm happy because I just experienced something it wasn't like I came in happy and it just I that made me happy because I was already happy before that makes no sense but you know what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I woke up happy nobody wakes up happy you what you do the minute you wake up determines whether happiness comes to you does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It, but the way I always view it, um, in terms of like certain emotions, I feel like we should have smoked pot before. <laughs> it's okay. But certain 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 emotions and feelings require mm-hmm. more time than others, or some just require just to you to be present. Happiness is one of those things you just have to be present for. Mm-hmm. In terms of like when it happens, it happens. And like I also learned that you can't, you can't sometimes like you can't jump into a a. a a pit of balls <laughs> like you know like the playgrounds and stuff like that and expect to be happy you know that's like it's not formulaic like in that sense unless right. um maybe for some folks congratulations that works yeah um i'm I, one of those where it doesn't like you know like experiencing the same thing twice doesn't always produce a happiness um but being present like is like oh um when you allow yourself to be present and there's like Maybe happiness, you know, always, like, experiencing joy, to me, is a little more easier than experiencing happiness, you know. Happiness, I guess, has that more fulfillment, as you were talking about, mm. but still, you have to be present for it. Sometimes, you, like, and I go, like, why aren't you happy? Like, well, I'm not able to be present, which sometimes that, ha- that happens. Sometimes, we have a lot of things in life that will take up a lot of space, you know, are we sometimes you have to go how how are we allowing um happiness to have space in our life in order to in order to be happy you have to have you have to carry around void sometimes that's like oh this this little per, part of this void is reserved just for happiness You're like yeah 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 i know like everything else could take up a lot like my like let's say depression or whatever could take up a lot of space but there's something nice to know now like you carved out a part of your life saying like this is just for happiness I'm cool with it being empty but when it's like I want to when like when happiness thing I'm gonna let it fill the crap out of it mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just uh, you know like what are we making space for 
you know what are you making space for determines a lot of what you value you know I, I like the concept you're returning to which is the idea of being present I think I think that's so so uh such a great thing to really to really think about you know and I don't think many of us do yeah you know sometimes you, you need to take a especially when you're feeling overwhelmed you need to kind of take a minute to be like alright where am I right now mm-hmm. like, I'm here I'm home roof over my head you know don't like my job but hey it pays for the car mm. and I like my car yeah stuff like that yeah a sense of of, of really looking at what you got and, and, and like really acknowledging how one thing really leads to another in, in a fairly yeah. positive way, yeah. right? Because I think what happens a lot, right? It happens with me a lot. I'm always like, when I, like I get overwhelmed, I got to go like, what am I connecting to? Who's connecting to me? And like we're, we're I'm always troubleshooting in that kind of sense. And then in the and meaning like, okay, uh, where's my anxiety coming from? Where is that stemming from? Mm-hmm. Um, do I need to be present with my anxiety? Because sometimes they do. It's like, oh, um, you're going through a hurt. You have to actually process this hurt, or else we're not gonna let you do anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're they're like they're like certain emotions and feelings that are just bullies, and that like demand to be felt. You know, they're gonna they're gonna like yo, we're gonna feel it no matter what. Yeah. So you determine when you want to have it, or like yo, but we prefer now. <laughs> but if, <laughs> it's also kind of learning about you know when I feel sad, not to fight it. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, the idea of oh, I'm feeling sad is like oh man, I should you know distract myself, mm-hmm. go watch a movie, I don't know, try do something productive, yeah. I guess. To but you know sometimes you're like no, you just sit with it. Yeah, and sometimes and, it's, and, it's and, yeah. Not, I'm not saying dwell with it, you know. For, yeah. for uh, what I'm saying is, sit with it, kind of understand where it's coming from, what's making you feel this way. Is it something I've done? Is it just something you know that that I, I I've noticed that I just feel sad about? Uh, I, I feel like I, I've I've been adulting very 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 late in life, <laughs> right? Because I feel like I should have learned this stuff early on. Yeah. But when you're young, you don't think about this stuff. When you, you're we just doing and doing. You're just doing the next thing in front of us because we're told of like you got to be here by this point. You got to be doing this, and it's not until now where it's like I'm out of school. Now I got you know now you know what I do is really up to me to do it. You know <laughs> nobody's giving me a class assignment. Nobody's giving me a syllabus. It's like you you are your own person right now. What 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 you can do with your time. It's such a trip, right? I remember like uh, the first time trying to write outside of a classroom. I remember that like in my late twenties, trying to write outside of a classroom. Like, okay, what do you do when there's no more feedback? What are you gonna do when it's just yourself? It's just your writing. There's a sense of like um, of letting go of what you learn and just like okay, returning back to just writing. And it's like okay, um. This is crap, but I'm okay. It's just like, but it was like to have fun making this crap. Like, oh, this is this is my own stench. There's something like, like okay, I made this turd. I'm liking my territory. But like, I think being an adult sometimes, being an adult is learning how to navigate through the spaces that we expanded ourselves to. Is learning how to deal with the vastness. We're learning how to like, oh, being younger, that's you're more confined. Like, okay, home, school, boom, thing. Like, when you're older, it's like, oh, there's more stuff. The expansion packs. We don't know how to deal with the expansion packs. We're not ready for it. Like, oh, my character barely leveled up. (laughs) 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 And you're like, but you know, it's like, doesn't mean we could still, like, level up. Yeah. Like, go back and, like, do certain stages. Like, nah, I'm cool. I'll get there. (laughs) All right, Lorenz, we're getting towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to close out with the poem, maybe? How do you feel about that? Oh, uh, let's see. No, let's no pressure, brother. You don't have to. No, you don't want to. No pressure. Oh, but I know you're a great poet. Yeah. I like your necklace. What is that? An oak tree? Uh, this one is redwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I saw you uh, at a at an art art walk. Oh yeah, you, yeah. You yeah. For your, first Fridays. Yeah, you got your own tent. Yeah, yeah. But me, me and Roberto were sharing. Roberto Romo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, amazing person, yeah. dude. 
He actually did the new logo for the podcast. Oh, nice. I man. love that guy. That guy, so, every time I talk to him, it's like he, he exudes positivity and just good Can you imagine us voting like, in a tent like on the slow times? Him and I are just forever talking. And so it's really fun. <laughs> well, what kind of stuff are you, you're selling? Or what kind of stuff are you putting uh, together? I'm selling. Um, so it's funny. I was starting off with necklaces, then uh, necklaces and bracelets. And then eventually, like, people, like, we need earrings. I'm like, oh, gosh. Uh, eventually, like, every every month in this season of, like, uh, for First Friday, I was adding new things. So I had earrings and learned. And then, uh, just recently, I threw out brooches, pins. <laughs> Did you always have a thing, like, creating that stuff? Or is it something that just came It was out of necessity, necessity when it first started. Like, yeah. in, like uh, in high school, like, I can't wear a choker. I had this big old neck, man. They're like, yo, I can't always wear these, like, small necklaces. And, like, being yeah. a dude, you just, like, um, jewelry wasn't as accessible as much. Or it's, like, the jewelry, like, you get is always, like, um, I was like, oh, no, nah, man, I want, like, more earth tones and everything. So, mm-hmm. out of necessity, like, had to just learn how to make my own jewelry and everything like that. <laughs> I have a weird relationship with jewelry. I can't really wear them. It's okay. But mostly metal-related jewelry. Mm. Like, wood stuff, I don't, I don't think I would mind. But if it's, like, you know, like, like silver or, or platinum or, or, or just steel, I, yeah, just, man. I can't really have it on my skin. It's weird. Yeah, it's okay, man. No worries. <laughs> like I know no you're fresh. not judging me. I, yeah. I know. I'm just saying. I'm putting it out there. Yeah. But I never force, like, I try not to force it. Like, I am all, like, I'll go, like, when I give out, like, gifts sometimes, like, I'm all, you wear jewelry? I'm like, cool then, here, rock this. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how's it been uh, selling jewelry? Um, it's certain art to it, isn't it? There is. I think because the way I make, I don't really make and like, I don't think production-wise. I'm not making it like, oh, I'm going to make a mass production of this because this is what sells and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I make it because, like, yo, I like it. I like I like acquiring flowers <laughs> from, from places. And then, like, you go uh, flower hunting? Relatively speaking, yeah, 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 yeah. People go like, "Is a uh, member poppies are not illegal to pick? Or is this illegal to pick anything publicly?" What do you mean? Like, like if it's growing out of a sidewalk, you could take. It. I understand that, but if it's at someone's garden, like you know, at the fence, if you're, you're if you're in private property, you're good to pick. Really? Yes. I had no idea. Well, I mean, like, so long as you like, yeah, use your your own backyard and everything. Your own backyard? Yeah, yeah. Or like your friends just said, "Hey, go ahead, you can pick." Oh, okay. But it's not like, let's say you're walking down the street and you notice like somebody has a pretty cool flower in their yard. Just walk yourself and help yourself to it. Well, sometimes, well, I'll acquire when there's like an abundance, relatively speaking. I try to get everything in private property. <laughs> Have you been to the Rose Garden in uh, Santa Clara? I did Santa Clara. Yeah. I just like, but most flowers I work with are hella small. That's why. That's why like, uh, you don't see me like, Work with the bigger ones like carnations and things like those necklaces be huge. <laughs> you know, it's also weird how we associate certain uh, flower, uh, flowers and and their colors to the certain um, uses or functions. Yeah, man. This like, is... like like oh like you know you 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 I don't know what of course like roses for romantic yeah. stuff yeah or like uh, carnations that's like yellow carnations for friendship or. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. People always want, like, the hard colors, man. Like, trying to get purple. Purple is, like, a hard flower to dry. Purples and blues. Mm. <laughs> trying to dry that kind of stuff, man. And then, like, want it, like people want it to be, like, that color. I'm like, nah, it doesn't work that way. Drying is a whole different game. <laughs> what, what is drying? Drying flowers? Huh? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm just, like, putting them, like, between books. And then, like, but, like, the moment you dry and, like, started adding chemicals, there's, like, sometimes changes the component of the whole flower. Because it's basically decomposing still. Right. So what does the book do that? that well, makes the it book special? flattens it, which okay. allows me to like just like work with it. Ah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. All right, Lawrence, you got a poem in you? Yeah, man. Here we go. When you're ready, what's the name of the poem? Uh, masculinity so tender. Masculinity so tender. Okay. Masculinity so tender. Father kisses soft lips unto newborn son. Masculinity so tender, boy receives fetters of affirmations, takes leaps where fathers only knew borders and fences. Boy becomes a flight of imagination. 
masculinity so tender young man of ocean gathers his mountains of tribulations arms sway from manilliums until mountains lull into boulders until boulders cradle into rocks until rocks dream into sand masculinity so tender fire carried inside of a man knows he could warm and care yet monitors his rage which had burned recklessly forests into ashes of regrets masculinity so tender when isolated and inactive can frost into a glacier statue himself frozen loses reason to thaw himself out of the stiff bleakness masculinity so tender when i met a man with masculinity so fragile i saw a hurt boy shelled inside an egg of a man how his clenched fist of knuckles wanted to destroy me could not believe i existed thought i was a virus to his way of living needed me to be broken like him so i heard his anger which led me to his hurt that spoke of an absent love I surrendered space for him, witnessed him give permission to himself, to heal, to learn, to know tenderness. Masculinity so tender, awoke the femininity that was never separate, bridged together, creating potential rather than, lim than limitations, dismantled the disconnection between heart and mind, grown to love the singularity of oneself while acknowledging my interconnection with the wholeness which I am always a part of, to be nothing and everything, a synchronism of discorded harmony. Lawrence, thank you for coming. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, man. There you have it. That was Lawrence Demook. So go check out his mic Wednesday nights at Eastridge Mall on the east side of San Jose. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Subscribe if you have not already on iTunes, Google Play, and all that jazz. And, um, and yeah, I'll see you next week. Take care, y'all. Have a great Sunday. Have a great rest of your week. And stay awesome. Sayonara.